Thanks for the welcome, Graham. Good morning, everyone. And a happy new year. It is good. Yes, it's good to be here. This is an evangelical church. In case you're in any doubt, I'll try and give you a de- definition of what is an evangelical. A friend of mine called Professor David Bebbington of Stirling University, he said there are four features about an evangelical. Number one is his biblicist. He believes in the Bible as the inspired word of God. It's not a merely human production, but men wrote as they were inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. So we're first of all biblicist. And then we're conversionists. We believe that God changes people by his matchless grace. And I stand before you as someone in the Highland expression wearing the blood-washed shawl of the Lamb. And in other words, the Lord Jesus has come into my life and has become my saviour and the saviour of all who are called evangelical. We're biblicists and we're conversionists. And the third thing is we're Christ-centered. We believe that the central act of the whole Bible drama is the coming to earth. We've just been remembering it at Christmas time of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Word became flesh and lived among us and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And that the climax of Christ's life is not his teaching but his death the symbol of Christianity isn't a chalkboard it's a cross and outside Jerusalem the Lord Jesus Christ was crucified for your sins and for mine and so every January I have to think of my own conversion because the last Saturday of January 1952 was when I heard a wee man saying from the front of the church if you had been the only sinner in the world the Lord Jesus Christ would still have come and still have died for you and so the central act of the gospel is the death and resurrection of the Lord because we don't revere a dead hero we worship a risen, ascended Lord Jesus Christ has given us his Holy Spirit in our hearts and we're able to go on and serve him despite all the difficulties and trials of life. So a Christian, uh, an evangelical Christian, and I heard them mentioned on the television at Christmas, there's a man spent the whole time, a comedian came on, spent the whole time reviling one of the Christmas carols, Oh come all you faithful. And we we'll regard that as a great worship song, Oh come let us adore him. Christ the Lord and he made a fool of the carol he made a fool of the evangelical Christians and he got tremendous applause from hundreds of people in the audience as we watched the television for a wee while that night (laughs) so the fourth thing about evangelicals is we're biblicists we're (laughs) conversionists we're Christ centred and we're activists we're activists once uh, we've been saved once we've been converted to Christ once we know him 
We want to serve him. We love him because he first loved us and we want to serve him. And you can serve him making tea, you can serve him in prayer, <coughs> you can serve him at your work every day, trying to do a job of work that is pleasing to God as well as to your human employer. And we're activists, Christians are activists. And so it's good to be here and it's good for me to remember 66 years ago uh, going in to get out of the cold into a church and <laughs> I not only came out heated, I came out with the light of the world eventually as my saviour and Lord knelt down in a wax cloth, my mother used to call it, uh, in the bedroom in the freezing cold cottage in which we lived and asked the Lord Jesus Christ to be my saviour. So I'm always thinking about the basics of the gospel and looking back in January and I'm going to speak very simply this morning about uh, one of the, the basic commands of the Old Testament. But we're going to read first of all, if you've got a Bible with you, in First John chapter 1. <coughs> first John chapter 1, we'll read the whole chapter. <coughs> If I can find my specs. Okay. First John chapter 1. And over these three weeks, I'm sorry to inflict this on you, but I'm here three weeks in January. I'm here a fortnight today and then three weeks today. Hey, two weeks today. Is that right? Uh, three weeks today. Anyway, I'm here for three Sundays in January. I'm going to speak about the basics of the gospel. This is First John. That which we was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it and testified to it and we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us and our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. This is the message we have heard from him and declared to you. God is light. In him is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. If we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his Son purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word has no place in our lives. This is the word of the Lord. And... Uh, the text from the Old Testament, which I think is um, one of the most demanding texts in the whole of the Old Testament, is from Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 26, which says, My son, give me your heart. 
That's a good text for the new year, isn't it? My son, my daughter, give me your heart. It reminds me of the sea at Cullen in Bamford where we used to go on holiday. No, don't go to heaven before you've been to Cullen. It's wonderful. <laughs> and uh, they're down at the harbour. The children can play in the, in the shallow water. Um, but yet, by the end of the harbour wall, there's a, a, a whirlpool there that could drown a man. The Bible's a bit like that. There's, there's shallows in it even a child can understand. I know two folk who became Christians when they were very young. In both cases, they're very godly mothers, incidentally. But um, one was three-year-old and one was five-year-old. His, his mother claimed he trusted the Lord when he was sitting, being bathed in the sink. And uh, they spoke about the Lord Jesus and Kevin was converted when he was three-year-old. The other one is a, a school friend of mine, Alan McElveen. He trusted the Lord when he was five years old. Even a child can understand the gospel. And just like the shallows and the depths of the Bible, which can uh, baffle the strongest minds, we can spend our whole life studying scripture, and we're just getting to the beginning and the threshold of what God has for us. My son, give me your heart. Now, you can't complain. That's not terribly complicated, is it? It's only six words, each of one syllable. My son, give me your heart. And it encompasses so much. It shows the wonder of God's grace that he can compress it all in a simple command. And it covers the basic issues of life. And I'm going to have a wee look at them um, for a short period of time. Number one is this. It covers the issue of relationship. God says to us, My son, my son, give me your heart. My daughter, give me your heart. We can know God as our father in two different ways. First of all, we can know him as our creator. Uh, the one who gave us life. Um, the one who energizes us every day. The breath we are now drawing is a moment-by-moment -moment renewal of the gift of God to us of life. And he is our creator. In Genesis 1.26, God said, Let us make man, yes, humanity, in our image, in our likeness. And God is the creator of mankind. And, and the Bible there in Genesis says, God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a nefesh haya, a creature that has life. And um, that's not addressed to the angels, where God says, let us. He's talking uh, within the trinity of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, uh, we were not made... Not addressed to angels. And there's no proof that angels existed before men. Um, he says, let us... No suggestion that, that we are made in the image of angels. We're made in the image of God. We have within us um, a desire for God. 
And you can go anywhere in the world and you'll find folk worshipping all sorts of stuff, all sorts of things, all sorts of ideas sometimes. There's a friend, uh, Leslie Hogarth, who worked for over 30 years in Peru. And uh, this uh, man in the, a Quechua man in the hills of the Andes came up to him with a stone and, and very reverentially gave it to him. It was in the shape of a llama. And he says, See, si, Senor, it breathes. He believed this stone was a living thing. The whole lot of, they worship different things. But you know, in terms of our worship, we worship God. God calls us to worship Him. And God can be our Father. We can, we can pause today and give Him thanks for the life that He has given us. And so we can worship Him as Father, as our Creator. But you know, the Bible teaches that we can know God on a far deeper level in our lives. We can know Him not only as our Creator, we can know Him also as our Saviour. There was a German biblical scholar called Joachim Jeremias, and he wrote a wee book called The Central Message of the New Testament. It's a wonderful wee book. Um, and the central message of the New Testament to Joachim Jeremias was that <coughs> word Abba A-B-B-A you can't have it simple than that four letters A-B-B-A Abba he says that's the central message of the New Testament that God can become our Abba Father through the Lord Jesus Christ as many as received him the Bible says to them he gave the authority the exousia is the Greek word for it it means the rightful um, authority from a legitimate source um, this wonderful authority to become the sons of God even to those who believed in his name and if you believe in Christ as your saviour, then God becomes your father in a special sense. And you're forgiven and you're renewed and you're given new life. If anyone be in Christ, the Apostle Paul says, he's a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. And he's a new year, he's a new time to evaluate our lives before God. Is we able to thank God not only as our creator today but to thank him as our saviour through the Lord Jesus Christ we cannot become Christians without the Lord Jesus Christ it's interesting to me and a bit saddening to watch that programme on a Sunday songs of praise and hear folk being spoken to and all they centre on is my faith and your faith and all that and the Lord Jesus is never mentioned have you noticed that? And sometimes even God the Father isn't mentioned in the account of my faith. But you know God is central to our deeper relationship with him through Christ. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And so at the beginning of a new year it's good to think about this. God says to us, my son is looking at us directly speaking to us. My son, my daughter. It's a question of relationship. And it's also a question 
of response. My son, the second part of the text is, give me, give me, give me, give me, he says. And sometimes we don't feel we've got much to give. I've nothing to give to God. Give me. There's a man called George Matheson, a very sad, great sadness has come into his life. And he wrote a hymn, Sometimes God inspires us to write poetry when things are very bad in our lives. And things were very bad in his life. And he wrote a, he wrote a wonderful hymn. It says, O love that will not let me go. You know? And there's a line in it that says, I give thee back the life I owe, that in thine ocean depths its flow may richer, fuller be. Something to give. There's a young man in England called Charles T. Studd. He married, he married this lady and uh, he gave away all his money. He was going to give away all his money and keep enough for his wedding. He was going to give his money to God. And uh, he told her what he was going to do. And she said, well, I'm not going to marry you unless you give the lot away. <laughs> you know? And then she made up this wee parody. It went like this. My Jesus, I love you. You're dearer to me. Far dearer than ever Charlie could be. <laughs> and uh, anyway, they got married. And they gave away all his money. And he founded a missionary society called the Worldwide Evangelization Crusade. It was the Heart of Africa mission originally, but it became the Worldwide Evangelization Crusade. Charles Studd said this, If Jesus Christ be God and died for me, then no sacrifice is too great for me to make for him. And so God comes to us, start of a new year, and he says to us, My son... My daughter, give me. Find out what you can give. The head of our, well, one of the heads of our Christian Endeavour movement in Lamhill Mission, Euphemia Scotland Muir, she, she lived a simple life. She was a clever lady. She was his chief, the head tracer in Hugh Smith's Apostle Engineering Works. She had in her front room a Daily Telegraph map of the world and she had missionaries' photos attached by string or thread all round the map. And she didn't go many holidays, but she used to go into that room every day and let her mind wander eh, all round the world. And she prayed for missionaries and read her newspaper. She was highly clued up about what was going on in the world so that she could pray for these missionaries in her map. An amazing lady, something to give to God, to pray and to set time aside to give to God. My son, my daughter, God says, give me, give me, give your life to Christ at the start of 2018 if you have not yet done so. Um, and then of course, here's the key question as well. Order or command from God, my son, give me your heart. Give me your heart. In other words, God doesn't want a superficial reality. A whole lot of what they call religion is really whitewash, you know, and we don't always behave like Christians. We have something to give. 
and he wants our heart reality in giving. He wants he wants a real response to to God. At school we used to do mass, and it was uh, the times tables. I don't suppose they do the times tables now at school. We used to have, our teacher had a, a clock up on the board and a big pointer and used to point round at speed uh, so that you could uh, put the, the times tables with the heart of the subject. And later on when I went to learn Hebrew, I discovered that the heart of the Hebrew language is the verb. Nearly all the nouns in Hebrew are derived from the verbs. And once you've mastered the verb, you've got the key to the whole language. It's a wonderful language, by the way, but never mind. Um, here we are, and God says to us, give us your heart. What's, what's the, at the heart of your life? So Christianity is a relationship of the heart between us and the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. And it's good at the start of 2018 to think that God wants us to give him our hearts. It's not just a feeling, being a Christian. Um, it's not a drug. Like Karl Marx said, that the opiate of the people just to stupefy them so they'll be uh, obedient uh, citizens of the communist state. It's not an evolutionary hangover. True Christianity is a personal heart relationship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ that will take you right through the year 2018 and as many years as the Lord spares you. So here's a basic of the Gospel in the first of these three Sundays. The basic of the Gospel is God commands us my son my daughter Give me your heart. You don't need anyone but you and God. Go home and give yourself to God. My son, my daughter, give me your heart. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for our time together and pray for your blessing and receive our thanks for all your fatherly goodness to us. Help us to respond to this command by obeying it through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.